Grace watching Stargate. They made a podcast that's on iTunes that you should rate. Nix is a super fan. Grace is pretty new. Kaylee the Thorgy will help them make it through. Bartender Nick is here to make them drinks. As they reference random pop culture things. Crying out loud, they'll put a smile on your face. There's no place like Tara with Nix and Grace. Welcome to episode 37 of There's No Place Like Tara, Stargate First Watch Rewatch Podcast. I am Nixie. And I'm Grace, and today we're going over season two, episode 14, Touchstone, or as we decided, the case of the missing gate. And I like that <laughs> the because... The case of the curiously missing gate. Yes, there's a very... Let's let's dial in a little bit of Arthur Conan Doyle because there is a lot of mystery surrounding this episode. I was, I was just thinking that I was going to give him a, a 9.7 for the belly flop. <laughs> <laughs> the nice. gate belly flop. Nice. But yeah, no, it was... Uh, <laughs> it was good times. I, I don't want to like jump the gun and get to... Uh, the mystery at the end. Yeah, it's but <laughs> a lot of mystery, a lot of Sherlock Holmesian, and a lot of Colonel Asshat. <laughs> yes, a lot of Mainborn is back to to be the thorn in our side that he knows how to be. <laughs> Um, but yeah, let's get, let's get to it. Uh, well, actually we did say that before we're going to get to it, we, we, we did oh. want to discuss something. Uh, a trailer has its, that's right. The interwebs <laughs> this past week there will, I will be posting it, uh, on, on Facebook. Because uh, we are fans of Richard Dean Anderson in yes. general, you know, Captain Awesome, Captain Snark or, and or I, well, that's Colonel, Colonel Snark, Snark to me. Um, yes. And, and I, I was watching MacGyver like way early like I cut my teeth on MacGyver it's part of the reason I started watching Stargate is because it had Richard Dean Anderson from MacGyver right uh the trailer came out they are remaking MacGyver yes for there the new gonna be millennium a reboot. and <laughs> I am very conflicted over this really yes I am intrigued I'm intrigued I also just okay I love the spirit that we're bringing this forward and we can get back to the, the you know, making things and, and the getting out of situations with your knowledge and, and MacGyvering yeah. things together and, and all this kind of stuff. But I also feel like it had its time and place. Yeah. And <laughs> it's a show that's so close to my heart that... Yeah, and you know, and we are in a place where it is very easy to to hate reboots, and I don't mean that as a whole. I mean it's easy to hate them because they're terrible. Yeah, on average um, they have been. It's it's an, we are in a place where it's become very easy to hate them because things have not are no longer original. There's nothing new out there. We're rebooting a lot of stuff. I think had they made this more of a sequel, and if they had made this not. Angus MacGyver, if they but had that's what made I'm saying. This... In a place where it, in in this temperament that we're in, this this zeitgeist where yeah. it's easy to hate things, I don't hate this, and it's not completely hateable. I don't hate it. I'm I'm still gonna watch it. I'm just I have a much higher bar <laughs> than other people do when it comes to MacGyver. When okay. it comes to this character from the trailer I've seen, I forget the actor's name. I know he played Havoc in uh, X Men, yeah, uh, in the new X Men films. Um, I, it's hard to see what the flavor of a series is going to be from a, you know, two minute trailer. Sure. I haven't seen the same twinkle. I didn't see the same. That's what the, but see, here's my thing. The premise is good. Yeah. The, the, the show itself I'm interested in. I'm curious. It didn't have to be MacGyver. Well, here's the thing. I, <laughs> to me, I would almost rather have this been a, a sequel, a spinoff. Yeah. And not I'm a reboot. There. If it wasn't Angus MacGyver. If maybe this is his, like, nephew. Yeah. Or, you know, if he's if he's somehow related to him. And then, because then I would get the bonus of maybe you could convince RDA to come back for I'm a really, cameo. Yeah, no, and, and, and that's what I'm hoping is maybe that somewhere like, down the line we find out that yeah. this... He, I inherited my name from my uncle. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, he, we see him like once a season. Like, I don't want him. I, I love him. I, of course, I would love him to be like, you know, a yeah. co-cast member. But I don't need you to have like Artie in there all the time. I just want to be like the wink. I would even be happy if all we do is see him in a photograph or something. Right. You right. know what I mean? I just. Yeah. No, I, I agree. I think this show can stand on its own. Yeah. Um, I think it, it, it could have just kind of tipped its hat to MacGyver. And I'm with you. Yeah. I have not given up hope that maybe that's something they're doing. Yeah. And maybe they're just, you know, they're not showing their cards too soon. Um, 
I hope that they are able to give this enough camp yeah. to make it fun to watch. Like, I hope it goes in the vein of, of Chuck this and doesn't true. take yeah. itself too seriously. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, there was... But there's also the joke that he had about asking if anyone had any gum. And I was like... Yeah. I was like... That's really self-aware, and I really want to cheer at that, but I'm also in that really pretentious way of, like, no, don't see, make that joke. To me, that's promising. To yeah. me, there's promise in that, because if they took themselves too seriously, Look, eventually we'd fucking want to hate ourselves. I'm a MacGyver ourselves. hipster, okay? <laughs> I liked MacGyver before anyone else my generation liked MacGyver. And that's fair. Yeah, no, and, you, uh, and, you've, and you've earned that. You've yeah. absolutely earned that. It's, but I think from... Like I said, I'm not saying no. I'm not saying I'm not going to watch it. I'm saying, I'm simply saying I have a higher bar, and they have yet to prove to me <laughs> through a two-minute trailer. Well, yeah, and I don't think there's any way they could. Yeah. In, in two minutes. Exactly. Yeah. So I, I know. Yeah. <laughs> Let's come back to it. And yes. when the season starts, uh, you know, in the back, up in the fall of 2016. Yep. So once we get to fall of 2016 and the show actually premieres, um, I'm definitely going to give it an episode or two. Yeah, I, I'm definitely. I'm going to well. give it more than I gave Supergirl because yes. I gave up on Supergirl. And I, I know I've heard people talk that it's gotten better. I didn't even give Supergirl an episode. I gave it an entire episode <laughs> and I was like, I'm done. Um. It, it, it might have earned more, but I was also in a place where um, right now, because I'm in school, th- things have to hit a certain yeah. interest level you have inside very, Grace. Yeah, you have a very <laughs> small, you have a small menu of shows that can make your yeah. viewing list. Yeah, very little makes the list. And, and, on, and I've noticed that things that do are, are on the extremes. They're either like great... 30-minute c- comedic, um, you know, mind relaxers. Or Game or of Thrones. Game of Thrones. <laughs> <laughs> Although I am, I am hoping to get into Preacher, which I know starts next week um, here in States. Um, oh, it but does it does. I it starts next, uh, It starts, oh, maybe it even starts tomorrow. I know it starts when Fear the Walking Dead ends. Okay. So that may actually be, um, well, wait, this comes up Tuesday. It may have started. <laughs> I'm an idiot. It may have already started. In our time warp of jumping into the future, ah. you're recording this from the past. <laughs> but I will be watching in a couple weeks. Yeah, okay. So in a couple weeks, I'll I will give you probably, guys Probably, I'll watch to just so that we can watch it together. Uh, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. No, I will be watching this with boyfriend Jesse. We're going to binge it yeah. uh, once we once we have our, our big move that uh, remains untalked about. We'll keep it that way. Uh, <laughs> so, Stargate. Yeah. Episode, Touchstone first aired on October 30th, 1998. Almost a Halloween episode uh, that has nothing to do with Halloween. Yeah. Written by Sam Egan, uh, directed by Brad Turner. We know Brad Turner. Uh, I apparently neglected to research Sam Egan. Have fun doing it yourself, guys. It's your homework. <laughs> yeah, I didn't touch on any research because I don't do research. Yeah, it's fine. <laughs> I literally had it, and I think I just moved on That's from okay. it. That's uh, okay. So, Matthew Walker, who plays Roham, um, I know him, and most of you guys probably know him as uh, Duncan McLeod's father in the Highlander series. I think Ian, <laughs> his name, if I remember correctly. Um, yeah. No, that seems right. Yeah, that um, sounds right. I don't know. You've I didn't seen... recognize him because I have not. And you must say you've Highlander. never seen Highlander <laughs> no, before. I can. I <laughs> know that if you tell along. me, if you tell me that there can only be one, I know what you're referring to, <laughs> and that's it. Um, you probably know Duncan McLeod's name, though, right? <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. I know the name and I know the phrase. There can gotcha. only be one. That is enough to get me by on the streets, <laughs> so, so, so to speak. Um, yeah. That's all I got. But I will, uh, you know, very, uh, very honestly admit that I have not watched this series. Start with at least the movie. Okay. You can, I think it might, I may have seen it the stuff from just in the sense of, it was one of those things, um, when we didn't have cable, it yeah. was one, on one of those other gotcha. extra channels, yep. and I was like, this is interesting, and I would watch it, but it might not have been, gotcha. it might have, it could have been any other show, <laughs> but it might have been, you know, an episode of MacGyver that I've never seen before, or it might have been like, I think sometimes it was Sequest, <gasps> that's sometimes how I would catch Sequest. I don't know if I've gone on yet <laughs> about my rant of how much I adore yeah. Sequest is. Yeah. <laughs> and how it's one of the greatest series that's ever yeah. touched television and I own it and I watch it frequently and I have a Lucas Wallenstein action figure sitting on my desk at work that is what? not a lie guys yeah but no uh, that's how I watched it or sometimes that's box. how I would catch Xena also Xena is also one of my favorite yeah, series. And I I, that one's yeah. definitely I, it's due for me to go back and rewatch that series <laughs> anyways so Jerry Wasserman um, who played um, I forget what his name is it's it's the guy that uh, it's it's the it's the 
deep throat guy. Uh, you yes, know, that yeah. that Hammond goes and gets his chip with his chips in and, and talks and has his fingers and everything. Gotcha. Yeah. Yes. He he's got. What does he call him? It's I have it in my a notes. Marks. Yes. One of his marks. He has a mark. Yes. Which sounds very weird. It does. Because to me, a mark means you're going to kill him. Exactly. <laughs> uh, cool fact that he has a doctorate in English lit from Cornell. Oh, wow. So he's smart. Holy moly. Yeah. <laughs> he also uh, frequently co-stars with Donis Davies, like they're buds, which is why I find it really fun that they're in a scene Thanks. together, which is probably exactly yeah. why they're in a scene together. Yeah. They're like, um, I know someone to who can play this part. I'm going to yes. call out my buddy. Don't worry. He's got this. <laughs> he's got this. Yeah. And Tiffany Knight, who plays this scantily clad princess in this, is most well known as playing the hybrid from Battlestar Galactica. Oh. Covered in goo, I think, a lot. Another show I haven't watched yet. Yeah. <laughs> and you go back my to My list only gets longer. The more I <laughs> watch the longer it seems i'm yep. like what who is it is it sisyphus who rolls a rock up every day <laughs> yes, yeah yep, it's yep. like i'm constantly watching tv and then it comes down the hill and there's more for me to watch <laughs> <laughs> so in on the episode in the briefing room sam and daniel are sharing that the people of px7941 or madrona uh, as they call them mm-hmm. can just dial up their weather and climate you can order rain sun anything you want um, sounds crazy, but it's real, and it could be the most important piece of technology they've found yet to date. That actually would be really yes. powerful. Especially on now Earth. Yeah. On Earth. On Earth, as I like to call it sometimes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> extra Earth. The Earth. <laughs> yeah. So the planet was terraformed almost a millennia ago uh, by someone else. They don't really touch it. Um, yeah. And the locals aren't really up to snuff technology-wise. There's our first mystery of the yeah. episode. Where did they get this? Where did it come from? Who are these? Uh, because we've kind of established that it wasn't, uh, I think Teal says something offhand yeah. that it's like, well, this isn't gold no. Gold uh, technology. No. So we, it's not that. Nope. So there's some other life form yeah, out there. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is going to come back. This we'll see. May, yeah, this is one of those moments this where Nixie won't look at me. This is taking a drink. <laughs> this is a Nixie takes a drink time because Grace decides to do her own predictions. Yep. Um, <laughs> but yeah, these guys are coming back. I feel like we're going to hear about this. There's no reason to kind of throw this out into the world yeah. without it coming back later. Um. So... They the locals don't really know how it works at all, which is uh, and neither does the SGC. Which They're is, like, hey, we're not gonna we're not gonna look a gift horse in no. the mouth. And so the SGC, <laughs> Sam wants to go back and figure it out with Sam's specialized doohickeys, technical term. <laughs> yeah, they can't bring it back since it completely maintains the planet's weather and climate. So they have to go there and check it out there. Mm. So back on Madrona, it is dark and storming out, uh, and immediately the locals immediately demand that they return the touchstone. SG-1's like, come again for Big Fudge? <laughs> what? A first uh, How I Met Your Mother reference of the evening. Of the evening. <laughs> uh, they're like, we didn't take it, um, but it's gone. And they go to check it out in the building in the statue's hand. And sure enough, statue's lady's hand is empty. Uh, it's kind of like a weird version of the Lady of Justice, but she's not blind yeah. and she controls the weather. And she's like super hot. Like, yeah. I feel like somehow her, her yeah, no, robes are very hot. exposed. They're very <laughs> specific carving of yeah. the robes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and they still, the locals are still blaming SG-1. They trusted SG-1 and the people who took the touchstone were dressed like SG-1 and they had weapons just like SG-1. Looks if like an SG-1 and talks like weapons an SG-1. Weapons like an SG-1. It's probably an SG-1 in this case it's not. <laughs> Uh, the Madronans don't know how to use the Stargate, which, okay. Um, and How the- can you live next to her? See, I, eventually, I think well, I would want to know. How long, they can press the buttons all they want, but how long does it take Earth to be able to figure out a, like, how fair. to dial to someplace? That's fair. And they've also got, uh, they live in a world where things are perfect. Exactly. Everything is perfect. The weather is perfect yep. all the time. Actually, I kind of grew up in a bubble very similar to that. I'm going <laughs> to stop judging them. Because in our little perfect bubble, we're like, hey, hey. Let's hey, just leave everything as is. I lived in perfect weather world in Michigan and Minnesota. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Okay, South Canada. Yeah. <laughs> I will leave you to that. Jack says they came in peace and they expect to leave in one piece. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. That little pause at the end. I wonder if he put that in himself. Who knows? I, he probably didn't, but I want to hope that he did. Yeah, I hope that RDA did. did. 
Here's my question. I love all the fact that we are complimenting uh, the the costuming and stuff last episode. And this episode, it looks like they came from a bad, like, jungle luau. Well, here's here's like, my theory. In the tiki, 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 tiki room. room. And, uh, <laughs> let me tell you that I had... Okay, so I'm going to talk for a minute. I'm okay. going to give you a chance to finally sip your beer. Okay. Poor Nixie. Um, I grew up going to Disneyland forever. And we always avoided the tiki room because at Disneyland, which is different than Disney World, there is an Indiana Jones room. Right. And we've all yeah. know now that he is one of my favorite, that I have a thing for explorers in general <laughs> and that he is probably number one on my list. Because Although, it's fucking Indiana yeah, Jones. Yeah, it's Indiana Jones. Nathan Drake is a close second. Right now, he may write up there uh, close to first That's because of the game. Only because you just played yes, the game. Yes, only because I've Give just it played couple months Uncharted and Indy 4. Still yeah. <laughs> Indy, Indy will always be my true love. Every now and then, people will take my eye. But <laughs> I had never been to the Tiki Room because it was next to the Indiana Jones ride. And it was always like, choose choose one. Yeah. And it was like, well, carefully it's always going to be, yeah, it's always going to be indie over the Tiki Room because I don't want to sit and wait for the Tiki Room. I know what's coming here. I know that yeah. it's going to be awesome and fire exactly. and riding the Jeep. Um, so I finally hit the Tiki Room in my in my mid-twenties and it is now one of my favorite things to oh, do. Really? Yes. It is like, get me a pineapple whip and sit me in that Tiki Room and I will sing along with I all of the birds. never been in the Tiki Room. We're going to the Tiki Room! <laughs> This is happening. I just got really excited. Arms are in the air. This is great visual work for a podcast, for an audio podcast. This is happening, and I'm singing along, and you're just going to have to deal with it. Okay. To be fair, I usually sing along to anything known to man. I don't know if we mentioned last week. It's actually, the Tiki Room sound is one of my ringtones, along with the Indiana Jones sound and the true romance theme. I was like, I don't know if I mentioned last week when Grace got a, a, a video uh, app message <laughs> yes. from my friend who recorded me while driving singing yeah. Hamilton. We hashtagged it white girl rapping. Yeah, no, I was like full out. <laughs> I wasn't just like singing along with Hamilton. There was like motion gestures there was and I was hand, getting yeah. into it. There, was hand, there were like the kind of hand motions that if we were in the mean streets of Oakland, I'd be like, hey, keep those to yourselves <laughs> because they will be hey, interpreted wrong. Don't let anyone else see you do that. <laughs> So SG-1 tries to convince the locals that they didn't take the touchstone, uh, but, you know, if they go back through the gate, they can figure out who <laughs> that's did right. take We're the touchstone. <laughs> yes, yeah. If you give us a chance, that's going to be a tough thing to give trust yeah. for. Like, that's some good, like, you know, because, uh, rhetoric on their part. Yeah, because the locals aren't convinced. They're like, yeah. so you're just going to leave us again. Yeah, uh, Jackass, but really, they have no other choice. They don't. Jack asks for trust, and the princess says that they're simple people, and they have no means to protect themselves from this disaster, which I found insane, but they've never known bad weather. So whatever. Thunder and lightning crash. The doors are thrown open and Roham uh, agrees to let them go and ask for help. I'm sorry, but every time I say him, at some point I'm going to say Rohan. (laughs) And it's the, you know, which is a totally different saga. (laughs) But I, yeah. That's okay. The the writers of Rohan. Rohan. Yeah. (laughs) Credits roll there. Uh, So back in the gate room, Hammond is confused as to why they're back so early. He's like, let's go talk in your office. Mm -hmm. Uh, In Hammond's room, Jack asks why the touchstone was stolen by people wearing SGC uniforms. Uh, He doesn't mean to imply anything, but could another SG team go through without Hammond's order? No, obviously not. Right. Uh, but they're going to check the dialing computer anyway. Uh, he lets and, and Hammond lets Sam check, even though uh, if someone sneezes near the gate, Hammond gets a report on it. <laughs> but we're just going to play along with right. this. Yeah. In the control room, Sam hasn't found anything yet, uh, but Daniel has noticed the Weather Channel is showing some crazy shit. Yeah. Jack good is, old, good old Al Roker is filling us <laughs> in. <laughs> we learned Jack is more of a C-SPAN guy. Was <laughs> Al Roker on the Weather Channel back then? I No, I, but I think NBC has some sort of deal with the Weather Channel. They might. Yeah. NBC has a deal with everyone. Yeah, also, I find it real hard to believe that Jack has ever watched <laughs> C-SPAN on purpose. I, I, I don't know, man. I can see him sitting there with his drink uh, Do you in think the back maybe Maybe if he made it a drinking game. No, that's what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He's made it a drinking game. Some sort of like drink plus wiffle ball. To be fair, that's the best way to watch these fans. Yeah, Uh, yeah. (laughs) Some sort of game very similar. I know nobody watches New Girl, but very similar to True American, but revolving around C-SPAN where there's a wiffle ball and beer and and towers and things involved. I'm I'm for it. Actually, I want to make that game. Let's do it. So according to the Weather Channel, there's flooding in Phoenix, uh, in Palm Springs. 
Springs in Florida. Basically all the deserts are and reports flooded. of injuries among other places. There's a whole bunch of places that are flooding and yes. that shit's happening. Yeah. Daniel explains this that... This is not equipped for water or getting water. Yes. Um, although Florida's kind of equipped for water. That's true. But... We're going to ignore that part. Um, <laughs> so Daniel says the Madrona is most like it's most likely keyed specifically to the Madrona and their atmosphere. Uh-huh. And so you brought it here, and you don't know how to use it. Sure, who knows what the fuck could happen? Yeah, and Sam's pretty sure it's on Earth too, or as well, because there's a huge glitch three days ago when SG two returned from a mission around the same time the touchdown was taken. Mm-hmm. Here they mention that SG two is galaxies away from Madrona. Yeah, distances like that don't happen for much longer. We stay <laughs> firmly within this galaxy. Gotcha. Okay. Uh, coming very soon. We're not traveling as far anymore. No. Okay. Well, well and this is not a huge spoiler. Like, the whole point of Stargate Atlantis is mm-hmm. the fact that it's in a different galaxy. Gotcha. Okay. Like, that's the whole point of that. Yeah. Series. Well, it makes sense because, you know, you're first using the Stargate, you're kind of calibrating how far you want to go. And yeah. so, yeah, every now and then you're going to get like, hey, we're way, our, way too far out of our I league. can imagine, like, other side of the galaxy that's yeah, fine so we're yeah. gonna we're gonna retcon it to other side i uh, gotcha um but the last time they saw it spike like this sam and jack were sent to uh the antarctic and yeah, she doesn't and jack's like fond memories yeah he's like i want to relive that and sam's like hey we almost had a moment there yeah i, know. I gotta i gotta be honest if i were sam i'd be a little bit more ticked i know out, a little bit angrier about that because it's like yes it was a difficult time and yes we were like stuck in the cold weather and you almost died but hey we shared a moment <laughs> <laughs> and Sam doesn't actually think that it's SG-2, but she thinks it's someone using their trip to hide themselves. And Jack says, it's like shooting off a gunman and a train's tra- going by. And everyone kind of just looks at yeah. him. <laughs> He's like, to hide the sound. Yeah, I love that he has to do that. Why? I'm well, going to let you go. <laughs> here's the thing. I can imagine that that is the logical place you're going. Yeah. And I'm sure Sam would follow along to it. I just like it if you ignore the fact that everyone probably should have been able to pick that up. I just like who he's going... Oh, no one else is here, Black Ops? No? Yeah. Okay, never yeah. mind. <laughs> well, and you know what it is? It's probably, first of all, no one's in Black Ops except for him. But also, their brains are probably so smart that they went, well, trains don't make the same sounds as guns. <laughs> you know? I, just, I just, like, I would have kind of liked that to be a more Black Ops inside James Bond yeah. type thing. It's like, um, I never did that, ever. That's <laughs> not, not what it's going to keep, we're going to just keep moving now. <laughs> so Sam finds a duplicate electronic signature from their jump uh, yes. to... Uh, from that matches their jump in the third tier backup because the first two were erased. Yeah. Um, and they finally... Thank goodness they have all these backups recording things. Yeah, and I was like, the third tier backup should be pretty easy to remember because when you're done searching the second backup, it literally asks you, do you want to search the third backup? Yeah. Like, <laughs> how... Yeah. The backup for your backup. Isn't that where you would go after exactly. your backup? Yeah. But needless to say, the, the second gate was officially decommissioned. Yep. Or was it? Dun, dun, dun. So in Hammond's office. As far as Hammond knows. Yes. To the best of Hammond's knowledge. I love and that And honestly phrase. true. It is to the best of Hammond's yeah. knowledge. Like, yeah. So in his office, he's on the red phone as Jack comes in, and he's not having any luck getting through the president. Yeah, I, I love, love... The flunky on the other he's like, you understand what color this yeah. phone is, right? <laughs> that was the same line that I picked up on. It's yeah. like, son, I think he calls him son. Yeah, of course he does. He goes, son, Hammond. do you know what color this phone is? <laughs> And he's like, um, uh, I think it's red. Probably red. You're really scary. (laughs) You're really scary and the president isn't here. (laughs) I don't know what to do. I'm only here to make coffee. Yeah. (laughs) And Hammond was given assurances that the second gate was sealed. Um, He's left a message on the red phone. It's like someone is orchestrating schedules to keep them from speaking to one another. I love that you can leave a message on the red phone. It's like, hey, uh, I'm just uh, calling because uh, I was looking to speak to the president. Yeah, I was looking forward. We found Is some weapons here? of mass destruction, but uh, I'll go back later. Yeah, okay, bye. bye. <laughs> uh, and Hammond's like, this is going to sound paranoid, but apparently when the SGC was discovered, there was some uh, philosophical differences, uh, <laughs> and some wanted to make sure everything discovered was brought back re- without giving a fuck about interplanetary diplomacy.
diplomacy yeah. or locals yeah. or like honesty or I like any the way they like put that. that philosophical differences yeah. where really some of us have moral integrity yeah. and, and the others of us, us are like let's go fucking fuck up some well, shit. That's mine. That's yeah. mine. I've seen it. I licked it. This it's is mine. mine. It's mine. I saw this. It's mine now. It's I mine. have it in my hot little hands. Therefore, it makes it. Mine. I licked it. Yeah. <laughs> no, that's not um, how it works. Hammond was never really sure who these people were. He doesn't think they're military. Um, but thirty years in the service, and you get an instinct about these things. <laughs> He's pretty sure politicians are pulling the strings. Yep. Well, that's usually it's, the case when it's yep. talking about whether something is mine or not. Yep. 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 <laughs> so um, he can't say if his gut says that these people stole the touchstone, but he has other channels that he can use, mm-hmm. and he's going to. Right. So in the briefing room, Sam figured out a way to measure the Doppler shift for gravitational and radiation emissions uh, and found that uh, the gate is in the Nevada desert. Nevada. That's not far. Or no, I should say not the gate, the touchstone. I yes, apologize. The, the touchstone. touchstone. Uh, in Nevada. Also, the second gate ended up in Nevada, didn't it? Around Interesting Dallas. coincidences. Hammond loves this. He goes, you're going you're gonna to love this idea. Guess he just got himself reassigned to Nellis. <laughs> Colonel Asshat. Oh, of course he did. Uh, and this is where they send the technology they bring through the gate. The groom-like facility. Area 51. You know, I'm going to tell you something. That when we first watched it, I was like, it's Asshat, isn't it? Fucking Mayborn. <laughs> and then when it was, I got angry. And then when I did my rewatch, I was just as angry. <laughs> That's how much I disliked this character. That somehow I was hoping from watching it a couple days before to rewatching it a couple days after that somehow the story would change enough to where fucking Mayborn wasn't in it again. Yeah, no. But I was like, oh, it's Zekatakra, Mayborn. Zekatakra, yeah. Just <laughs> get rid of him. So in the control room, they send a melp through to Madrona. Yes. Uh, tis a uh, you know, ish blizzard, not yeah. too bad out. Yeah, um, according to South Canada standards. <laughs> yeah. They're close to losing the whole planet. They have yeah. maybe, you know, 48 to 72 hours. So the team is heading to Nevada. Mm-hmm. Uh, since they don't know really who to trust, um, and they already have the clearance level to get there. You know, I was really hoping for like a little Nevada road trip map montage. That would have been great. Like through the desert and yeah. like they stop at the giant um, thermometer that's on your way to Vegas. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, no, no, and, okay. And <laughs> so, um, sorry, Kaylee's like doing the cutest little sad whimpers of wanting attention. <laughs> Kaylee also wants to go to Nevada. I am with you. No, and she you don't probably wanna, wants to go to Vegas. You don't want to go. Okay, Vegas, you might want to go. <laughs> yeah. You're a classy girl. Um, and so, you know, they already have the clearance to get into Area 51. So Hammond's like, I need some sensitive documents hand delivered to the <laughs> yeah. groom-like facility. I love all the wink nudge that one happens that, here. One that needs a three-man team with a Jaffa escort. Yeah, escort. Yeah. Um, and as they drive up, I really tried really hard to read the license plate on this like nineties <laughs> yeah. GMC uh, SUV, but no, no luck. Not happening. So uh, they pull up. I love this shot. They pull up to a base with a shit ton of trees in the background for being a desert. Yes. Um, there's not that many trees there. No, there's no trees there's in the no desert. Trees. That's not a place to have trees. Well, there's the trees. Tre- They're just not those trees. No, and it's also, it's it's one of those things where if you saw this, you're like, I bet there's a government base there. Yeah. Because what else is there? <laughs> um, but I love the way that this shot was shot um, I love how they're completely in shadow. I mean, yes. You yeah. see nothing but a black outline. Just silhouettes, yeah. And I just kind of really like how that was done. It's kind of cool. It makes sense because you're kind of in a secret place. You're not really supposed to know what's going on. Yeah. And, and I like it. It keeps the mystery alive yeah. a little bit more. And I wonder if that was on accident. And that's what I'm thinking. I almost think like, hey, we can't really get a really clean shot here. Oh, that looks kind of cool. Let's yeah. just go with that. If they lost daylight or yeah. something terrible happened and yeah. they're just trying to get a shot in. And it's just like, oh, this looks cool. It just kind of worked. Yeah. I yeah. totally meant to do that, guys. Yeah, I agree. I'm, I think I'm with you on that one. We're introduced to Major Reynolds of the NID, who naturally knows who they are. It's an mm-hmm. honor to meet them. And they're quite a legend around these parts. So um, Area 51, uh, groom-like facility. Mm-hmm. Um, it is actually not necessarily associated with Nellis Air Force Base. Right. Um, it is a detachment of Edwards Air Force Base. Um, names I know. Yes. Um, which is outside, like, it's technically, it's closer to Nellis, which is outside Vegas, but mm-hmm. Edwards is in California. Yes, yeah. Um, but they're both in that deserty area. Yes. And besides the aliens, which are clearly there, everyone knows that. Yeah. Uh, they test experimental aircraft and, well, really, we don't really know what the fuck goes on there, guys. No. Um, it's, it is like the most top secret of top secret E things. 
it's the central nexus for all the UFO for all the major UFO stories. Um, mm-hmm. And it was actually only in 2000, 2005 that the CIA published publicly acknowledged its existence for the first time, <laughs> following the Freedom of Information Act request. Um, and it was apparently started to start uh, or like founded or whatever form to start testing U2s in 1955. Which makes sense because yeah. that area of the world of California, Nevada there's is like just nothing as, there. There's there's absolutely nothing. In fact, it's one of the few places where you can again, when we whenever we would drive through to Vegas, yeah. you get the road trip. It's a solid three hours of driving like a hundred miles an hour. Yeah. And, and you hit nothing. It's just yeah. miserable. Miserable. And I will tell you that it is the worst when you're driving home with a three-day-long hangover. Oh, yeah. And you just want That's to get out pretty. of the heat and the desert. Anyway. However, yes. I have seen, while in Vegas, so yes. I was up at the top of Mandalay Bay. Uh-huh. Um, there is a Hard Rock or House of Blues, like exclusive club area went up there. The Mandalay Bay. That's probably the House of Blues. House of Blues. Okay. It's not, it's kind of exclusive. Like they give yeah. you all passes. It is House of Blues because Hard Rock had its own hotel. That's right. Yeah. Yes. Thank you. <laughs> they give, if there's not as many people up there that give out like passes to yep. the girls, yes. to the ladies down there. And I got the pass. Any so of I you got ladies to bring... listening, when you go to Vegas, take all the free shit you can get. Oh my God. Yeah. But I got a plus one, so I got to bring Nick up there. <laughs> Anyways, but it's really cool. You get to sit on the balcony, and it has one of the best views that I've seen in Vegas. Um, but it's directly across from the airport. Mm-hmm. And so you see... McCarran International, McCarran for anybody wondering. When if you land, it basically looks like you're going to land on the hotels. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but there are unmake, unmarked planes there. Like, they have nice. completely unmarked. They are, like, little jet... Like, the... Just, like, prop jets or jumper jets. Yep. Completely unmarked. Nice. And apparently, those fly to Groom Lake facility to take researchers and stuff there because they just That's fly cool. into uh, to McCarran sometimes. Um, that seems about right. Yeah. You want to go as incognito as possible. Yep. And the security around, I mean, there's conflicting, there's always these stories as to what the security around this place is. But apparently, it is more than what you could imagine in a movie. Like, wow. it is crazy. Yeah. Um, interesting note that I learned, uh, according to an article on the Space Review, and I actually read this on a couple other sites, too. Okay. Um, in April 19th, 1974, someone in the CIA uh, sent the Director of Central Intelligence, William Kobe, um, um, memo regarding a little problem they had, and I quote, the issue arrives from the fact that a recent Skylab mission inadvertently photographed an airfield at Groom Lake. There were specific instructions not to do this, the memo stated, and Groom was the only location which had such instructions. In other words, the CIA considered no other spot on Earth to be as sensitive as Groom Lake, and the astronauts had just taken a picture of it. Hey, that seems like a terrible idea. (laughs) This is how you get yourself into major trouble. Well, I have a hunch that it was just like the astronauts just never got that That memo. Yeah. got the instructions well, to take pictures. I wonder if they even knew what they were taking pictures They probably had of. no yeah. clue. Yeah. So I just found Holy that interesting parts. that in 1974, um, the the CIA sent, uh, like... I would love to take a trip on Google Earth, like, just log into my computer I've and see what it does. done that. What does it do? What does uh, it just looks like a base. Like, it's just, it's gotcha. airfield. It's it's a, like a, a landing strip and buildings. I guess that makes sense. Everything important is probably underneath. Oh, or, yeah. 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 That's awesome. That goes deep. Yeah. Um... So back to Stargate, the episode. <laughs> As they walked down the hall at Area 51, they're doing yeah. research on curing cancer and Daniel's meaning of life stuff from Heliopolis. Oh, um, yes. And through the door, they see the ghoul death gliders they brought back from doing their hero thing, and they have longing looks on their faces. Oh, yeah. Uh, in the bio-research lab, Jack jokes about, is this where they keep the little green men? And Reynolds, deadpan, goes, there are no alien life forms in Area 51 in the most non-convincing way yes. possible. yeah. And Jack points out that's excluding present company, of course. Yeah, that's when like Teal probably gives a little side eye. Yeah, like I'm not green. Like I, I don't know. Like, Nor I am feel, I little. Yeah, like I feel like his 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 comments here would be something along those lines where it's like, uh, please. Yeah, you know. I just love about how like forms. Reynolds is basically going, yes, the aliens are down the hall and to the left. The aliens are down the hall and to the left. If you pay attention to the words I'm saying under the words that I'm actually saying, yeah. Um. <laughs> And in walks Asshats. Um, of course. 
And so he mentions that it's nice to see Teal'c well again. And mm-hmm. Teal'c walks up to him in the best way ever and points out in his culture, he would be well within his rights to dismember him. Yes. Of which Asset has no comeback for. Yeah, well, because what do you say to that? Exactly. You just say, please don't kill me. <laughs> please, please don't kill Daniel me. Daniel is standing in the back just poking experiments at this point. <laughs> yeah. uh, and Jack and Sam are asking where the touchstone is. Uh, and Teal'c then goes and stands very intimidatingly behind Colonel Asshat mm-hmm. as they question him which right. i love yeah. he's just standing behind him he's the like i'm not doing scene. anything i'm just kind of hanging out it's fantastic Deal with it <laughs> and you know he knows he's there too yep yeah um you so- can't not know teal is there no. No. If that man is standing behind you, you are aware. Yes. <laughs> yeah. It is very much aware. And yeah. he knows he knows nothing about the touchstone. Nothing came back from the planet. Uh, and he knows nothing about any es- other All of SGC a sudden, he's Jon Snow. Yep. I know nothing. <laughs> uh, the second Stargate has been there locking keys into God here. Uh, and, but, you know, there's no harm in taking a look. And as Asset turns around, he almost runs right into Teal who gives no fucks and is <laughs> yeah. not moving. And I love it. And as the rest of the team walks by, Teal just like gives a small smirk back to Jack. Yeah. He, like he was like, "That was fun. <laughs> Let's do that <laughs> Can again. We do that one more time." Yeah. <laughs> do you see him squirm? Yeah. That was fun. I like making the human squirm. So they open a hangar door and they see a giant Stargate-sized box. Uh, and they open a few hatches. You think on you it. pick one of those up at like U-Haul? Like I need a box. No. You know how you have like the mirror boxes? I think it's at a. Oh, uh, what's the what's the? There's like the ship, the box store. There's the um, like the FedEx store. No, it's the or, organization like, the, store. Boxes like or mailboxes, etc. No, or I don't know. Containers. No. Oh. Yeah. The container store? The container store. That's yeah. literally what it's called. The <laughs> container store, guys. It was at the container store. Yep. It was like a specifically made box to uh-huh. fit your Stargate. Yep. Yeah. That's mm-hmm. probably what it yep. is. Okay. Um, and so they, they open a couple hatches. It shows that the Stargate is happily packed away. Jack isn't satisfied, though. Yeah. Um, and that's when Sam points out that the gate is plastic. Yeah. That's like, um, this is a great looking fake gate, but Which, our gate was made of Naquita. I love I love the fact that I love the idea that that's actually the sound that the prop actually makes when yeah. you knock it. And it's just a just... plastic gate. It's like, uh yeah, this shit ain't real. No, but no, what I wanna say is like that's just this when they knock when they knock their actual prop, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's just the natural sound that it makes. Yeah, yeah, just that plastic y sound. Yeah. Um and Azhead is shocked. Shock, I say. <laughs> Clearly it has been moved. Jack says uh, that, you know, it, 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 Jack says that uh, so it can be fired up, you know, without anyone raising any eyebrows, maybe. Right. Um, his And his orders to move this thing had better come from the, where the air is real thin. Yeah. <laughs> and he asks what the punishment is for losing a Stargate. But Asshat points out that that's only if there wasn't authorization to move the gates. Who authorized it is classified, though. Mm-hmm. And Jack points out that they have the highest clearance possible. And Asshat explains that that's only in the military. Um, and Jack is slowly putting all the puzzle pieces together. This is a civilian operation. Yes. Asshat orders the guards to escort the team back to their vehicle. And uh, and he tells Jack to just drop the investigation. And he goes, please, don't make these gentlemen have to get disrespectful. Yeah, this is our our second big mystery of the episode, I think. It's like, who the hell is behind this? And I love the look. Jack is just like, please, please tell them to be disrespectful. Yeah, please come at me, bro. Um, And we get two moments here uh, where when he one where he's like starting to put the puzzle pieces together and one after uh, Mayborn tells him that they are dismissed, essentially. Right. Where we get seconds on RDA without words of him just reacting. Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, I love you. Yeah. Can we it's just, just have those more great than face, Those great face shots where he's just like, this is all of the things that I'm saying. They're yeah. coming from my face and I don't yeah. have to tell you anymore. Exactly. Yeah. All the word, all the face acting going on. It's that situation where I like, I would never want him to be my dad. No. Because I would be in trouble all the time. Yeah. I'd be like, oh. oh fuck, I don't want to look at that face ever again. Because I'm going to tell you all the That's truth. look number 72. Yeah. That's not a good look. Yeah. Nope, nope. We've gone through the catalog and I'm in trouble. <laughs> I'm in all the trouble. Yeah, I know. Kaylee really doesn't want to. Yeah, yeah, she's like, I don't want to talk about this anymore. So back in the briefing room, uh, Hammond says that no one will confirm or deny anything. It's a, it's a virtual blackout. Um, but while they were gone, Sam's readings on the touchstone fell to zero. So either they've stopped using it or they're shielding it. Uh, but most likely they realized that they were causing a shit ton of bad weather and right. stops they could learn more about it. Yeah. 
But I'm glad that they eventually were like, hey, we're like fucking things up. Maybe yeah. let's stop doing this. So now they have to backtrack and figure out where the second Stargate is. Um, and Jack's like, so, you know, just put out an APB for a huge, <laughs> yeah. ch- a huge freaking two story metal ring with 39 little pictures on it, all nicely engraved. Yeah, um, that'll work. But Sam has a better idea. If they go back to Madrona and overpower the gate and do a duplication of how they got sent to the second gate in the first place. Um, and instead of making someone else go through it, they'll just send a melt through it. Well, that makes sense. It's a really, like, IT-minded yeah. way to do things. It's like, well, let's recreate the problem. Exactly. Yeah. So Jack and Daniel will go. Um, Sam and Teal will stay back and track things. And as Hammond says, sending their people across a galaxy to find something they lost in their own backyard. There you go. So on Madrona, the it's it's you know basically winter in the Upper Peninsula, just a <laughs> just a slight yeah. spring storm. It's death, as far as I'm concerned, I'm with the Madronians. And, it's death right now. And a phenomenon you still think is fake: thunder snow. That's not real. <laughs> that can't be real. That sounds made up to me. Yeah, no, thunder snow does not. You can no have way that exists. If you can have rain and thunder, you can have snow and thunder. It, to me, it sounds like a show. Like, while we're on the Vegas theme, <laughs> it sounds like a show where there are naked men. It's the thunder snow. So, it's, so they're naked, but they're in fur. No, no, no. Underwear. I was thinking instead of instead of thunder from down under, where they're oh, yeah. Australian, the it's thunder just from up the higher. Canadian. Yeah, version. yeah, yeah. It's a Canadian version of the thunder from down under. <laughs> I'm kind of imagining Thunders, that yeah. now, and they're all wearing like the big furry hats. They're called toques. The, okay, thank you. They're called. They're wearing toques, and they're wearing furry underwear, and that's all. And they're oiled up and amazing. And they have a hockey and stick. And I'm done. And they have a hockey stick. <laughs> and there's vo- it's probably vodka involved because that's what you drink in cold weather, right? You drink vodka. Uh, I think it's more whiskey. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, either and, of those. And Labatt's. <laughs> Labatt. Yeah, yeah I, I actually know what Labatt. I apologize yeah. to all Canadians. I know you drink much higher quality beer than Labatt's. That's just simply a reference that most people know. <laughs> Um, as a beer person, which we should probably mention that we're actually oh, yeah. uh, drinking a, speaking of specialty beer, so there is a... Uh, a local brew. There's a local brewery in here that has released a special um, uh, wild ale series that they only had a couple hundred bottles of each. This is called... Um, the Wild Hair. The Wild Hair. Uh, it is a golden ale that has persimmons, locally grown persimmons, and something else Some in it. Some other awesome thing. And it's got this great label with uh, with like a stenciled or or like a you know pencil drawn uh, rabbit on it who's scary as fuck. No, well, it's like the rabbit from Alice in Wonderland. Well, that's, what I, because that's why he's like, scary as yeah, fuck Yeah, because it has like all the clocks and watches yep. and top hat and yeah. everything. Yeah, we'll post a picture so you guys can see. It's yeah. amazing. If it's, you get a chance, you should check it out. Yeah, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, it is a nice, perfect summer hit right now. Um, done and And done. we have a couple other bottles for me and bartender Nick to age. Yay! Um, so, the winter, the, it's the UP winter spring weather. Yes. Um, and, like... Here's the thing. The people are coming out and weighing on enough clothes. I understand that you were in a place that's never seen snow before. Grab a fucking blanket or something, people. But do you think they have blankets? I, I, something. Do you think they understand that putting more clothing on would keep them warm? I would think that's like a basic thing that you understand. Oh, I'm cold. Oh, if I bury under a blanket, I I'm warmer. I will share a story. I will okay. share a story with you. Um, my first visit to Europe, we spent in mostly warm climates. We went to Italy and Greece, but we also went to Croatia. It was me and my my best friend, Jen. And so we took what we thought were warm weather clothing. Okay. Because in Croatia, there is snow. Yes. And so we were like, we're done. We're ready. And they're like, no, you're not prepared. And we were like, no, I'm wearing a coat. They're like, that is not a coat. Here's the so thing. I can understand how if but, you've never been in the weather. But when you get to the cold weather, you understand that you have to then put more layers on. But you don't have more. You don't understand the concept of having more or, or wearing more. You're just like, oh, this is just death now. This is where I die. Well, at the very least, I but, could imagine that, like, the SGC understands these people don't yes, have winter clothes yes. and could have, like, brought them a parka That's or fair. two. I will give you that. They should have known better and they should have been like, hey, you're not prepared for this. Let me yeah. help you prepare for this. Um, and so, you know, the people ask if they brought back the touchstone. They're working on it. Yeah. Well, yeah. <laughs> and so they ask, well, then why have you returned? And nothing Jack and Daniel will say can please them at all. There's uh, really there's And so they just they kind of do. turn around and walk back in before they get frostbite. <laughs> um, and so instead, they just get, get to work setting everything up. So Daniel activates the gates, and the melt goes through the second gate. It's dark. Um, 
as Sam sees, haven't we seen through the Melp's night vision before? Can we just turn on the goddamn yeah, night vision here? Yeah, why didn't we do that? That's a really dumb idea. And then Sam goes to set up uh, set up the GPS, and at this point in, in the 90s, we're still calling it the Global Positioning System, mm-hmm. as no one knows what GPS stands for. And, I mean, people do, but mm, people don't. Right, right. Uh, And before they can get anything, we see a handgun in the camera, and it's quote-unquote blown away with a handgun. Yeah, let me just take a moment here and say RIP to our Melp. Well, our, our, our little Melp, because... My thing is, like, you can maybe take out the camera with the yeah. bullet. You could take out something else. You can't just blow it away with a handgun. I don't know. Maybe there was some sort of, like, power behind Explosives? whatever the hell he like, had. <laughs> but... I took a minute and kind of felt bad for, like... You realize there's more than one Melp, right? I know, but we killed a Melp. I feel like that better count on our death count. One of our Melps is dead. We've killed Melps before. But we need to start addressing these deaths. Okay, okay. And I don't know if maybe I'm just in an emotional state right now, or if I've watched Wally way too recently. (laughs) But the Melp is a people, too. (laughs) Sure it is. Sure it is. I understand that it's not, but I did get get sad for a minute they're like oh he's our little buddy like and we we, we sent him out there in the front line and now he's dead he's the <laughs> took one for the team yeah. he sacrificed himself yeah he definitely did he's a little hero so I looked up the Telsat 13 uh, that Sam hooks up and okay. found that Telesat is a Canadian satellite system, uh, communications company so that maybe where they got the name oh. um, they actually launched ANIC, that probably pronounced wrong, A1, in 1972, and it was the world's first domestic communication satellite in geostational orbit operated by a commercial company. Oh, that's a lot of big words. It is. That that line is completely copied from Wikipedia. Um, gotcha. <laughs> but it sounds like more what Sam's referring to is the Navstar system, okay. and that's what most, that's the GPS satellite gotcha, system. Gotcha, that most cars have and yeah. things like that. And okay. the first of those satellites was launched in 1978. Okay. Um, and the, the satellite constellation is operated by the 50th Space Wing of the United States Air Force, specifically the 2D Space Operations Squadron, oh, cool. which is located in Colorado Springs. Nice. But not... That's familiar. Not in Cheyenne Mountain. It's at the Shriver Air Force Base. Okay. Um, gotcha. And the the satellites aren't numbered as nicely as, like, Navstar 13. Um, but okay. there's currently 31 in orbit. Well, there's 32 in orbit. They There's one spare. Okay. 31 active. Um, and you, uh, you can see, like, at minimum, you will see four in the sky around you at once. But the wow. average is about nine. Wow. Is that you could, if you could see them type thing. Yeah, that's really Your cool. GPS satellite can communicate usually with anywhere from four to up, average about nine. Okay. Um, and you can actually see them along with a lot of other satellites with the naked eye at night uh, since the sun reflects off their solar panels really nicely. Okay. And... Um, I tend to see a haze of like three primary colors because it's it, like they block out from a prism basically. Okay. Um, and that's actually how my dad taught me how to spot a satellite. Oh. Uh, it's because in like in geostational orbits and stuff like yeah. that. Um, how true that is, I don't actually know, but that's how I've always been able to, and when I look them up with, you know, we have the cool on your phones and everything, you can have the cool, like, track to start. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whenever I do that, it tends to actually be a satellite, so I find it tends to be true. I'm gonna try that. I don't think I've ever tried to look, When the satellites get far enough over, they don't reflect the sunlight anymore, so you usually can't see them, so it's usually, um, it's usually only in the east type thing. Gotcha. Okay. Um, but yeah. Good to know. Yeah. This is fun stuff. So back in the control room, the map belt was destroyed before they got the exact coordinates. But, you know, Sam knows it's somewhere in southern Utah. Yeah, that's pretty good. Which narrows things down. It's a small state. It's you like know what? Considering southern Rhode the Island, size of the earth. Yeah. She's got it narrowed down pretty tight. True. Yeah. Uh, and Hammond has at least one more marker to call. So Hammond, in his full grandpa gear, as I call it, his grandpa <laughs> uniform, yep. uh, meets with an old friend, Whitlow. Whitlow's his name we were trying to think of oh, earlier. Oh, thank you. Yes. Uh, it's time for some cloak or dagger stuff. So Whitlow knows nothing about uh, a weather device. Um, he does know that this, he, and he didn't even know that the second Stargate was missing, actually. Okay. Um, usually if it's military, he would have heard about it. So it has to be civilian. 
there's really nothing been strange at Nellis. Well, there's always strange thing at right, Nellis, right. but nothing out of the norm strange. strange, yeah. Uh, and Hammond asks about Southern Utah, and he's like, yeah, actually, there was a requisition form that crossed my desk requesting a C-5 for a classified pickup at an NID landing site in Utah. Dun, dun, dun. Not, which, not sure really what that is, but a C-5 can hold it's a another Stargate mystery of the episode. And take it anywhere in the world. Yes. So Hammond thanks him, and if it pans out, there's even now. Yes. What I love is that we know nothing about this guy. No, we know nothing about him. And and like and Hammond doesn't try to give us any more information. We about know him nothing either. about where he came from, who he is. Nope. We know Whitlow. We know nothing about what he does. We know nothing about how him and Hammond know each other. It's or how... another mystery yes. of the episode. Uh and so Hammond is back in his uniform uh-huh. and the NID landing strip doesn't affect officially exists so there's if there's going to be an issue about jurisdiction they have it because the c5 is their property um and so they don't know if the people who took the stargate and touchstone are friend or foe so jack is ordered under no conditions are you to fire on them even if you're being fired on you take cover and you do not return unless there's no other option to defend yourself. No. And I, I love the way Jack repeats this. Like, I'm like, what are you working a loophole in your head? With exactly. Head? Because when he says it, he's like, he's figured out some sort of loophole so yeah. he can shoot. Mm-hmm. Like, he's like, under no conditions yeah. should I fire my weapon. It's like, what are you going to do with I it? Can, so You're I going to beat them over the head with it? But you clearly have some sort of option worked yeah. out where you've got a loophole and you're going to run with that. And to be fair, he doesn't use it. He does fire his weapon. He, however, does not fire it at them. That's what it is. Fires yeah. it at the box. Yeah. Um, and so Jack isn't really overly happy about that, but he no. doesn't want... And, but Hammond doesn't want his people or another American mortally wounded with sure. their just following orders. Yeah. And this is where I scream Zat gun at the TV. <laughs> Fucking Zat gun. There you go. Yeah. Zat gun. You know, but it's really smart of Hammond, even before the time of social media, he yeah. was looking out. Because this could be a PR oh my God, nightmare. Yes. Oh my God, it's Random yes. guy dead. Why is he dead? What were these guys doing here? Nobody knows anything. Now we've exposed the entire Stargate program. And I have a hunch in a case like this, if someone wound up dead, like it would, it'd be one of those things that it's never released the media that he died, or they like transport his body overseas and he died somewhere else. Well, that's what I mean. Yeah, thing. like I think even the family, even those closest to him, would yeah. never know how nope. this man actually no. died. Yeah. So in Utah, Jack means business because he has his hat on backwards. That's right. Dun, that's dun, how we dun. know. That's how we know. Hat to the back. I mean, yep. the shit's hit the fan. Actually, I mean, we literally said that. We're like, oh, this is the business part of the episode. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he's looking around the corner with a super sweet little pocket periscope that I really want. Just yeah, like, that seem like fun. I just so I can like run around pretending like I'm cool. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like I want to just like like peek in on on boyfriend Jesse and be yeah. like, I see, you. I got you, I, I got see you. you. And he's like, Are you done? And I can hear you. I hear you shuffling down the hallway. <laughs> I'm I'm silent. You don't hear I'm me. I'm Batman. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, you're not Batman. You're terrible at stealth. <laughs> which I really am, and even I'm, in video games. I'm, I'm terrible at stealth. I'm horrible at stealth. Yeah. I Actually, agree. I am better at stealth. We're not even good at whispering like no, normal people. No. I can't even do like, like I am I'm I'm better I am better at stealth than I am at like if someone's playing a joke or someone or like someone is trying to surprise someone something, like I can't even look in the direction because I will be just like smiling and already laughing, so I have to like face the other direction. Yeah, I am. I am no good. I, I cannot play it. We cold. had we had a poker tournament once that I somehow won, and I will be my claim to the only time I've ever been able to do anything that cool because I cannot lie. To be I fair, cannot. Nick said he gave it to you. Yeah, I am sure. I believe that. <laughs> yeah, he like he would ever give anything up that willingly. Bartender Nick, you are lying. Yeah, <laughs> me and me and some um, friends. Uh, used to play Liar's Dice, Pirate's Dice. Yeah. yeah. I fail so badly at that's, that game. That's one of the games that I've learned I'm good at, only because I'm enthusiastic of regardless what I throw. Yeah. There is enthusiasm behind it. Yeah, I can't. I am the person everyone wants to play poker with, because man, do I bad poker. I am much better at blackjack, because I don't yeah. have to bluff anything there. Um, so anyways, Jack has a super sweet periscope. Um, and remember how they weren't supposed to shoot anyone? Yes. They have some a lot of firepower for not being able yeah, to shoot. Yeah, yeah. So it's like, well, that's interesting. <laughs> but I guess you do want really big guns if all you can do is beat people. Like, with them. and even Daniel has a handgun. Only yeah. Teal has a Zat. 
Yeah. Like, you're not even giving Daniel his at. Yeah. That makes no <laughs> sense. So they sneak up on the building. There's more periscoping. There's some hand gestures. There's three people inside. There's a plane landing. We get all the hand gestury things. Um, and Jack sees the Stargate box. There's a box truck, uh, a white panel box truck, and mm-hmm. a guy with a touchstone-sized box. Um, so there's a, C- a, a, a definite, like, stock footage C5 landing in a completely different landscape in a completely <laughs> yeah. different lens quality. That's not what we're not in Utah anymore all of a sudden. <laughs> um, and and they sneak in. And they sneak in through a door that's in the middle of a wall. <laughs> <laughs> Directly behind the guys. And they come up on the NID guys uh, in, an, in an empty hangar and making their presence known. And we see that they got their um, NID guys from a 90s Amber Crombie ad. I'm Yes. Sure. <laughs> yeah. Complete with spiked hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They're all former members of the band LFO. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, it's yeah, these guys are real convincing. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so the Jack's sort of walking around, and in the box truck, we hear the DHD dialing, and mm-hmm. Jack just stands there, even though he hears it dialing. Um, and we see the kawoosh upwards. Yes. The guy runs towards the box. Um, to towards the Stargate, um, and Jack shoots the ground like around the touchstone box as right. the guy tries to get it. All three guys belly flop their way into the gate. Yeah, <laughs> which Jeez. is gonna hurt coming out. Yeah, that's not good. That is yeah. gonna hurt coming out the other yeah. ends. Um, and Daniel couldn't make it to the DHD in time to get the address, um, but at least they have the touchstone. That's true. So they arrive back on Madrona in just you know small storm, mm-hmm. uh, and suddenly the princess is all. <laughs> They've come back like I told you they would. I'm like, bitch, please. Yeah, you no, like were... five seconds ago, you yeah. were like, I don't, yeah, very, yeah, you you need help. Seek assistance <laughs> because your emotions are all over the place. Bro. I know. Just like your weather is currently. Yes, yeah. Uh, and I was like, you're doubting them the entire time, of course. Yeah, right. never mind. So Ro- Roham, Rohan, yeah. fiddles with the touchstone and sends out glowing fireflies and the winds start to die down. <laughs> uh, and they take the touchstone into the building. They set it back into the statue's hand and the princess goes to open the doors again. And suddenly the touchstone has rotated the planet since it's full daylight dun, and it's dun, high dun. summer. And I did while we were watching this joke that, oh, all the snow magically melted. But I do yep. looking at it, it does look like there could be some bad graphic snow still sitting okay, on the ground. Yeah. I do love like the slightly pornographic shot of the statue. Yeah. <laughs> as they pull up to it and slowly yeah. show where the hand is. Yeah. It's like, okay guys, we're moving a little too slowly yeah. over certain parts of the statue on this shot. <laughs> Listen, camera guy, I think it's time for you to go out and meet some ladies because you're a little hard up if you're looking at the statue this hard. <laughs> yeah. It was, was a like, little one. My favorite is you're not even panning the camera on the attractive living woman in no the no it's a statue it's a statue um, made of stones <laughs> yeah okay i'm done so in the briefing room they report to him that everything is looking good on the Someone planet is really into belly buns okay i'm done <laughs> <laughs> i'm done i'm done uh, but the investigation of what happened has been taken away from him and they may never know what happens Another mystery of the episode. By the way, guys, I'm pretty drunk. <laughs> this is nine percent beer. Yes, uh, but um, Grace is like a two percent beer kind of girl. <laughs> I don't know if that's a real thing. It's it's shouldn't be a thing. Um, <laughs> so they're going to be on watch now for the NID wandering in other planets, uh, and to ensure the other Stargate would never be used again, they are welding an iris in place, and they are placing it under Hammond's command under twenty four hour guard. That's right. So we cut to the iris being welded in place, and Asshat isn't quite out of a job yet. Strange things happen in high places. People get reassigned, as does property. Artifacts go misplaced, and orders change. Every day's a new day. And his asshat just walks out as we fade to black. Yeah, fuck this guy. <laughs> like, I have no other words for him. Except... Go fuck yourself. He's kind of a tool bag, yeah. He is, and he's one of those tool bags that will always be fine because someone will fucking take care of him. Yep. That makes me angry. Because he's an ass kisser. Yep. And he's going to kiss the ass of the, someone who'll take care of him. He always knows the right ass to kiss. Yep. Yeah, I, I'm not a fan of this dude. I am not a fan of how this ended. <laughs> I know there's probably more coming, but my goodness. Yeah. I, I'm glad that the, the Madronians get their touchstone back, and, and I'm glad that everything's fine there. But there's a lot of mystery still out there. I'm not comfortable with how this ended. I kind of like, um, I kind of like the fact that the planet, um, mm-hmm. 
Like the planetary story was a B story in this. Yeah, that's you know? true. Yeah, it was like we. It didn't really matter which planet this was or what artifact they're looking for. Or anything that yeah. was just the MacGuffin of yes. the episode. Yes. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. I that's used right. a literary term. Look correctly. at you knowing a thing properly. Yeah, this um, is a big episode. Um, I, I, you know, I was trying to do something with the word touchstone and, and to see what it meant and, and the idea of, like, having a touchstone. Did the cameraman want to touch the stone? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but, no, I, I, you know, I think the, if you're, if I'm going to go with metaphor the way I like to do recently. Is, you, you are a metaphor person. I, I am a big fan of metaphor. I think the touch, the idea of a touchstone and, and remembering where you are and where you started from and what things are is, is I think it's more for our team. It's our SG team to understand, to go back to that touchstone that, hey, ultimately we're human and there's a lot of shitty humans out there Mm -hmm. but that's really all i've got um i'm just kind of stuck i want to know who we're dealing with who the like i want to know who we're dealing with there's two layers of nid yes yes who are we dealing with and these guys are going to come back they're going to come back and bite us in the ass so every mission we go on from here on out uh that's in the back of my mind it's yeah. kind of like going out and having fun while you've got homework that's due. <laughs> you are thinking about that homework the entire time. Yes. I don't care how many drinks you have. It is in there. <laughs> so I don't care what happens next until these guys come back to bite us in the ass. Yeah. It is on my mind. This episode is going to my top five. Okay. Where is it going in your top five? Okay. I gotta be honest. Yeah. I think it's gonna take Serpent Slayer. It's gonna take Serpent Slayer at number it's, five. And I know how big Serpent Slayer is. No, and I know fine. how important that was and, and the turnaround that happened. But it's it's the same idea. This is a big growth moment for our team. Yeah. We're about to face something huge. I have a feeling that there and I know this is gonna be one of those at times where Nixie doesn't look at I'm me. I'm preparing my But dreams. there is there is these guys are coming back. This is gonna come bite us in the end. I know we're nearing a season finale soon, and this is gonna come back somehow into play and it's gonna kick our ass. But it takes five. What I like, <laughs> what I like, this does not actually go in my top five okay. uh, for this season. But okay. what I do like about this episode is the fact that we've been so concentrated on the bad guys, our enemies that are out yeah. there, mm-hmm. our enemies that are in other places of the universe. And now we have an enemy here on Earth That's that true. could potentially be that far is more dangerous. Us. Yeah. It, it it, it, yes. Far more dangerous because. It it has it's it's like really if you want to go there if we're gonna make metaphor like not metaphor allegory connections Allegory's, yeah it's Hydra yeah it's Hydra in it, yep. inside of you Shield you are absolutely right yep so that's that's the idea yeah if we're gonna use that Avengers trip to do it yeah I'm, I'm with you on and that because one. it's one of those things where Hammond trusts everyone in the SGC mm-hmm. Hammond's um you know these are his men but in reality. You know, there's a chance that one of those guards has some allegiance to the Ulti- NID ultimately and not we're all to Hammond. And and what one of us believes is right is not what anybody else yeah. believes is right. And it is human nature to do that. And it is our prerogative as thinking, feeling beings to to think I to do that. I do not think that the NID have a cool logo like Hydra <laughs> Yeah, probably but, not. Um, so, yeah, so next week we're going to... So, slight mix around. My head thought that next week was going to be Fifth Race, which, okay. for those of you who are re-watching with me, knows how excited I was to get to Fifth Race. <laughs> um, and then I realized that Hulu has the next episodes being Fifth Race, but both my order. original DVDs and apparently the order which they aired has a matter of time next. Okay. And then Fifth Race. So, we are going to go... Screw Hulu, and we're going to go uh, in order of uh, airing, and we're going to do A Matter of Time next, which, again, it, I'm not giving any, not throwing any shade on A Matter of Time. Okay. Very much enjoying A Matter of Time. Gotcha. Okay. Um, I think I'm it just going to go with a lot of Depeche Mode references to the song A Question of Time. Yeah, we're, so there will be a lot of me singing that next week. Okay. <laughs> uh, you guys can look forward to that. Good um, luck. So I'm, I'm, I'm definitely excited for A Matter of Time, and it's just building the anticipation of Fifth Race. Um, done and done. So yeah, uh, if you want to 
let us know how you give me your thoughts on fifth race if you are waiting for it as much as I am you can send us an email at there's no place like Tara at gmail.com please put spoilers in there so Grace doesn't accidentally read about fifth race before we watch it and if you are not a rewatcher or if you have anything that you want to share with me about a matter of time or if you just want to sing along to Depeche Mode lyrics with me yeah um, you can also tweet us at Tara Podcast email sing along or a Twitter sing along yeah. or a Facebook <laughs> sing along at you can find us on Facebook at there's no place like Tara <laughs> but um, thank you everyone who has rated and reviewed us and or reviewed us um, and thanks we will take more reviews on iTunes yeah. SoundCloud wherever you want to put that's them that's one of the best places to um, to spread our word yay um, so you guys are awesome internet hugs for everyone and we will see you next week thank you all for listening a matter of time it's just a matter of time okay we're done. Hey guys, it's me, back for the future According to Stargate segment, uh, back to just, you know, me and myself for these. Um, so I only have a couple quick things. Uh, the first is that um, for those of you listening to this who are rewatching, I had to look away and try not laughing hysterically when um, when Grace was wondering, you know, here's the mystery of who terraformed this planet. Because apparently, and I didn't know this, and, and but I did see on uh, in my research that apparently in the uh, RPG book, um, they don't come out and say, but sort of hint at that the furlings, our favorite furlings, are the ones that terraform this planet and the touchstone is their technology, which... Um, considering the view of the furlings that we see in episode 200 makes me so happy and... I was dying laughing inside as she was guessing that. So, um, you know, the fact that she's questioning who terraformed this planet can, in theory, become an ongoing question for the entire series. Uh, who are the furlings? Um, and the two other points I wanted to touch on real quick was we see um, Matthew Walker come back again uh, later on as Merlin. Um, and I think who we'll see a lot more than than this guy, but he was nominated for a Leo Award for Quest Part 2, which was kind of a fun fact. Uh, it's a Quest is a good episode, good two-parter. Um, and, you know, the Beta Gate, we end up seeing a lot more later on. Uh, it's, you know, the Beta Gate, the Antarctica Gate. Um, it won't be welded closed for long, of course. Eventually we see it uh, as... Um, it takes a place of the Alpha Gate. It's like the main gate in the control room um, because they beam the Alpha Gate onto the Belizniker, Belizniker Thor ship, uh, <laughs> um, where it goes boom. It goes a little boom. Um, so they recall the Beta Gate at that point, uh, and they use it for the rest of the series. And at that point, we kind of completely ignore the fact that the Beta Gate had a completely different home symbol because we've kind of ingrained this pyramid and sun icon everywhere we can in the series. So we're just going to pretend once they move that into the gate room that it doesn't have its own, <laughs> its own uh, home signal, home symbol. So, um, that's... You know, the, I can go into the NID more, um, but that's kind of an, an ongoing thing. And I honestly just didn't do feature cast research for NID uh, because I was more focused on the gate and I kind of ran out of time. But you get this at least. So um, I will see you. We'll both see you next week for um, Matter of Time, which is fun. I It's science. Get ready for some future according to, or science according, I'm, it's early. I'm recording this very early in the morning and haven't had a ton of coffee yet. So please, next week, be prepared for more science according to Stargate because it's the science of science episodes and I'm going to have fun researching it. So um, we will uh, see you again next week, everyone. Bye.